Welcome to This is 50, Freedom Through Passion, a show about everyday women who reinvent themselves and the stories behind how they're living their best lives. I'm Lynette Turner, and as an Encore Life advocate, I live my purpose by helping women ignite their inner fire to start living their best lives and making the world a better place. Today, we're going to talk about stepping outside of our comfort zone with my special guest, Karen Hogg. Amateur chef, outdoor enthusiast, and a recovering perfectionist, Karen is an accomplished business leader with over 20 years' experience in the tech sector where she mentored and led seven customer-facing teams. She has built teams from scratch as well as guided struggling teams to reach peak performance. She has helped companies scale from 3 million to 40 million and increase their customer satisfaction ratings by more than 50%. Today, at the helm of her own consulting business, Strive Engagement, she advises early growth stage tech companies to accelerate their growth, improve their incurring revenue, and develop success, customer success programs that help them escalate. She has traveled four of the seven continents, and her goal is to visit all seven, yes, even Antarctica. So let's get started. All right. Well, hey, Karen, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Lynette. Happy to be here. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm so excited to talk to you today. We've got a really good uh, subject we're going to hone in on, and that's imposter syndrome. But before we get deep into that, you and I met uh, through a mutual friend of ours, Katie. Um, a few of my guests, uh, I, I have that as an opening. Um, and, and you were part of my Encore Life Academy pilot program. Um, and during that program, we got to know each other quite intimately, and it was such a lovely opportunity to meet you. And you have so much information and good experience to share. I definitely wanted you to have you on uh, my podcast, This is 50. So welcome. Then let's just jump right into it. So give us a little bit of a background, Karen. You are now a full-time entrepreneur, but you had, you had um, several positions uh, as a full-time employee. Take, take us a little through what was that position and, and how did you make the switch over to entrepreneurship? Thanks, Lynette. And it has really been um, such a great opportunity to to get to know you and, and you know, sort of develop this this friendship. So I'm um, excited to be part of sharing your journey as well. Um, so you. I've always loved helping people. I'm an Enneagram 2. Um, and I guess, you know, acts of service is definitely my love language. Um, even as a teenager, one of my first part-time jobs was um, as a hostess at, at a restaurant. So I would welcome people into the restaurant and I would be the one to kind of set the stage for them having a lovely evening. Um, and so, you know, I carried that through my corporate career as well. Um, but a few years ago, I came to the point where I was burnt out, although I really I hadn't recognized that yet. Um and so we went on a family trip to Australia and I was gone for three weeks. And because of the time difference, it really allowed me the opportunity to fully disconnect from work. And so when I came back, so many of my colleagues said, wow, you look, you look like a totally different person. You look healthy, you look relaxed. And even that wasn't really enough of a clue for me to understand, you know, kind of where, where I was and how isolated, um, you know, and burnt out I had uh, been feeling. And then about a year later, as a result of a corporate restructuring, my VP position was eliminated. And my father had recently passed away. And so not working allowed me the opportunity to spend some time with my mom um, which I'm really grateful for. But the longer that I was out of that 
corporate environment, the more and more and more I realized the, you know, sort of the the place where my physical and my mental health was was not, you know, was was really suffering. Um, and I started to do some consulting kind of as a stopgap. Um, but my mind was like, okay, well, I've got to find my, my next corporate job. Um, and I was kind of consulting off the corner of my desk. And I was lucky that I have a strong network who provided some referrals for me. Um, but, but consulting was always something that I was just doing in the interim. Um, and then I started to really see that that I was sleeping better, you know, for years, I had been sleeping two or three hours a night, like for years, um, I was sleeping better, I was um, able to devote some time to my physical fitness, um, I was eating better, I was feeling better. And I started to, you know, challenge myself in terms of, you know, do is do I want more of the same for the next 15, you know, 20 years when I go back into the corporate world? Or could I be, is this an opportunity where I could be doing something different, maybe on, on my terms? Um, so I decided that instead of, you know, kind of consulting off the corner of my desk and making my full-time job looking for a full-time job, I would flip it around and I would see, um, because without doing a lot, uh, thankfully, without putting a lot of effort into it, I had been able to, you know, get some consulting work. And I thought, wow, well, if I put the energy into building a consulting practice instead of going back into, uh, you know, a corporate environment that wasn't serving me well, maybe I could make a, a viable business out of it. And so I decided that, I would flip that and and I would focus on making consulting um, my business. Wow. Okay. So that's awesome. So I love, I just want to go back a little bit to what you were saying. So often we are in situations and we don't even understand how stressed we really are yeah. until maybe a situation, uh, like an, an event happens, or you go on this simple vacation and you come back and everybody is so blatantly saying, wow, you look amazing and great. But it's those messages that we hear from people, but we still, well, we, 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 we're listening to them, but we don't really hear them. And that, that's such an interesting thing. And then, so as your, your whole progress, it was an amazing story. Um, and so when you think about taking that consulting business um, more full time, what are sort of some of the challenges that you look at? I, you, you said something about looking for a full-time job is a full-time job. And absolutely, I totally agree with that. It, it's, but how did you then just say, you know what, I'm not putting myself, if I can paraphrase, a square peg in a round hole anymore. I want to I prioritize my health. I want to prioritize you know, these things that I want for me. But yet, were you not fearful about starting a consulting business? And like, because... You've got to go out. You, you're, you're, you've got to be chasing clients. You've got to be, you know, developing offers. You've got to be writing proposals. There's a lot of work to be done. There was no stress up in that part for you. Oh, uh, for sure. There, for sure, there was stress, and you know, and I definitely struggled to to see myself as an entrepreneur in the first place. Um, and it wasn't an overnight switch where I went from saying, "Oh, I'm going to, you know, sort of stop." 
looking, you know, for another corporate role and instead just go, you know, sort of into the consulting. I I would say it was a bit of a transition, you know, and part of what helped me is that I did explore a couple of other corporate opportunities. um, And, you know, I just, I realized that, that they weren't able to offer me um, you know, the things that I, that I now was in a position to be able to recognize were fulfilling for me. Um, and so... Give me an example. Give me an example. Um, you know, I, I've spent my whole career in the technology um, sector. And so, you know, there's, it's definitely, um, you know, an unwritten but still expectation, you know, that you're going to have to work 60, 70 hours a week. Um, and while I'm not opposed to that, um, you know, I want that to be kind of on the right set of circumstances. So me working 70 hours a week, you know, uh, uh, but from someone else's guidelines, um, versus my own guidelines, um, you know, I just, I just didn't want to put myself back into that position. I didn't, you know, I never came across a situation where I truly felt, um, you know, that the cultures were going to be supportive of me. Um, you know, I am over 50. The startup culture is, you know, generally tends to be on the younger side, generally tends to be, you know, on the male dominated side. Um, and I didn't feel as though my experience was, um, always recognized for the value that you know when I can when I can be confident in it that yeah. that it can really bring. Um, okay, and so I want to just I want to hold on for a second because when you were saying you know male dominated younger, you know fifty, let's talk a little bit about that. So what were you feeling? Was there ever a moment where you actually thought to yourself, "I'm fifty." I'm not really worthy of bringing anything to this startup. I mean, you definitely knew you had the experience and and the skills, but then did you ever get to that stage where you were starting to lose your confidence a little bit? And, you know, who am I? I'm 50 years old and I'm trying to go work for this startup. You know, I have to say in that case, I always knew that my that I had a lot of experience um, and that I had a lot of knowledge that you know you can only gain um, through having gone through those scenarios. So that doesn't necessarily mean it's cookie cutter and that you that you take what you've done once and you apply it carte blanche. But I definitely knew that I had experiences and skills to bring. Um, but I struggled a little bit with, um, I think it was more of the cultural, um, you know, kinds of things, um, you know, just the, yeah, give me an example, (laughs) (laughs) give me an example, Karen. I just wasn't comfortable with, you know, meetings that involved a lot of, you know, sort of snapping and, you know, I didn't necessarily want. So the millennial trends you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Some of those kinds of things, really. I just didn't, I just didn't feel um, that that was for me. Um, But I also felt that I wasn't in, you know, I wasn't going to be supported if I stepped away from those things. And, you know, for the people that found those kinds of things, um, you know, uplifting and supporting, that's great. 
Um, but if it wasn't for me, I didn't feel as though I was going to be supported in being able to step away from that. And so I, you know, which is a bit of a dichotomy, um, you know, sort of for that culture that's supposed to be valuing diversity and valuing kind of inclusiveness. Um, anyway, so I, I, I just didn't feel like um, once because I was now in a place where I could recognize it, I didn't feel like it was ultimately, um, you know, for me. Yeah, no, and that's fair. What other things were you going through at that time? So you're, you're, you've, you've now left the VP role. You're trying to stand up this uh, consulting uh, business. What, so what other things? So you're talking, first of all, did you fit into the culture? W would you adapt well to that culture? So that's one thing. What other, what other sort of maybe roadblocks or things that you were thinking that may have either encouraged you to keep moving forward or maybe kind of started to block you a little? Well, again, I, I never really, um, you know, I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. Um, it's not, you know, I always, um, you know, saw myself having a, you know, sort of traditional aspirational, you know, uh, career where you've got increasing roles of responsibility and all of those kinds of things. It's never something that I, you know, that I would dream about starting my own business. And so, you know, I did struggle with, you know, on the one hand, um, outwardly, I would tell people, oh, yes, I'm, I'm building this consulting, but you know, people, you meet people, and they say, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm building this um, customer success consulting business, I work with startups and scale ups, and I help them, you know, build customer programs that that support their growth. So that's my outside voice, but Great. my that's a good pitch. <laughs> <laughs> but my inside voice would say, no, you're just unemployed right? You're just unemployed. You have to find another job. You can't do this. Um, you know, you don't want to do it. Um, you know, it's, it. you've never done this before, you know, those kinds of things. So, so I, I did struggle um, with really trying to convince myself that it was okay. I think, you know, when I thought about entrepreneurship, I didn't, I think I didn't attach enough value to what I was doing as an individual practitioner. It wasn't big enough. It wasn't exciting enough. It wasn't different enough. It was, you know, it's not like it hadn't been done before. And so I struggled with attaching the value to it, um, you know, as opposed to, you know, I grew up in a, the career time frame where again you know sort of you you have the vp title you have the big salary you have all of these kinds of things um and and so struggled with finding the balance of you know what okay i'm not going to make the same money at least certainly not initially i aspire to make the same money but yeah. <clears throat> i'm not going to have the same salary um you know that i had as a vp but I'm, I'm going to have a lot of other different things. I'm going to have the satisfaction of being able to contribute and watch these companies and these individuals grow. Um, I'm going to not have to have the crazy travel schedule. Um, I'm not going to have to have the challenge of supporting a team globally, which means that, you know, from 5 a.m. until 11 p.m., uh, you know, I'm on and I'm available and, 
um, you know, and af after a while that gets, um, that gets to be a lot. And again, I, I was in that space where, you know, I didn't realize the physical and mental toll that it was, that it was taking on me. Exactly. And everything you just said there, Karen, is so amazing because I think what we finally get to, we, we, we finally, based on kind of our age, our era, you're right. We, we've lived this very stereotypical life. You, you know, we got married in our 20s. We had kids. We had careers. We supported husbands. We supported kids. Our career sometimes took the back burner. Sometimes it was in the front. And, you know, we're it's just a, such a stereotypical life. And by the time we get to 50, we should be in retirement. We should be going golfing. We should be doing all those things. But yet now, I think in our 50s, we're starting to say, okay, you know what? That was the old way of doing things. And now what we want to do moving forward is find more freedom. And how do we find that freedom? And that's by becoming this entrepreneur. But it doesn't necessarily mean you have to start your own business. But it's just a matter of maybe what you do is you're, you're more of a consultant or you're, you know, you go after, um, you know, working in organizations that already have the product, but they sort of have that sort of entrepreneurial type approach. Um, I recorded a podcast with uh, one of my friends, Marina, and she's in retail social and that's what that's all about. One thing that um, you mentioned was being able to watch these companies grow. And I think what you're, what I heard in that was you're now at that stage where you're almost a mentor to these people. So not only are you a consultant to help them set up the right processes and programs, but that you're this mentor that you can help sort of guide the ship a little bit as well without having to get involved with all the politics. And you, you sort of talked about the culture I'm going to use the old term politics where that's the one thing I love is I no longer have to worry about managing my career up. I now just get to go in and do the things that I love to do for these organizations and then sit back and watch them flourish. flourish. And it's such yeah. an amazing feeling. Yeah. Um, so let's go back a little bit and talk about imposter syndrome. So it's kind of what you were saying. I'm going to paraphrase when you were saying like, on one hand, you knew you had so much to offer, but on the other hand, it was like, no, you're just doing that because you don't have a job. You're standing up this business, this consulting uh, business because you don't have a job or, you know, you don't really want to do this. And the first time a VP position comes along, you're going to leave that consulting and you're going to go back to the VP. And I know you did kind of struggle with that a little bit. So tell us a little, take us back during the COVID times, um, a couple, maybe a year and a half ago, when you, were, when you were thinking through really being all in on your consulting. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, you mentioned um, imposter syndrome. And, you know, so many of us, like so many of us struggle with this. Um, you know, I talk to girlfriends about this. I talk to my, my girls, my daughters about this. Um, just last week um, on Instagram, this woman I follow, um, you know, she trained as a lawyer. She had a really successful le legal career, which she decided to step away from. Now she's this, you know, huge digital content creator. She's a New York Times bestselling author. And she struggles, like she posted, that she struggles with um, imposter sy syndrome. So we all do it. We all struggle with it for sure. Um, and, you know... <sighs> I, I see in myself, like normally I'm a very action-oriented person 
Um, and so uh, I can now recognize that, um, you know, if I'm delayed, like, because I don't always actually hear a voice in my head. <laughs> Sometimes I do, but I don't always <laughs> actually hear it. Um, so, you know, I, I can recognize that when I'm procrastinating, that's usually a sign that kind of that voice, that thinking that you can't do it, you know, is at, at work. Um, and, you know, I struggled with that just in terms of trying to make, to trying to make that decision to, to flip the energy of looking for the corporate job into the energy of building the consulting business. Um, and, you know, for, for me, it was, like I said, it wasn't an overnight process. It was something that, you know, that I had to, to work on, but consciously reminding myself. So when I would come into my office in the morning to kind of start the work of looking for work, um, you know, I, I would have this little conversation with myself in the sense of, okay, well, what if I, instead of going through these steps that I would in terms of finding a corporate role, what if I contacted these people and talk to them about the consulting work that I'm doing, educate them, you know, just the same way that you would go through the process of saying, okay, this is my corporate experience. This is the kind of, this is my CV. Yeah. This is my, then this is the kind of next role that I'm looking uh, for because, you know, your network can play a great role in helping, you know, to find, your, you know, your, your corporate positions, why couldn't I leverage my network in the same way to help with building the consulting? So, so that was kind of one step that I started. So I, I, you know, reached out to a whole bunch of people and confidently, cause that was the other thing. Again, when someone asked me, I would say, oh yes, I'm building this consulting business, but I was kind of quiet about it. Like I wasn't really out that, like I was I was playing both sides to, you know, of the coins in terms of, well, I don't want to tell too many people that I'm building a consulting business because if a corporate job comes up, then they won't tell me about the corporate job. And then I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't keep doing this. So true. I've got to, you know, I've got to decide that, that I'm going to give this a go. And so, so that's kind of how it started. I started by reaching out to my network. I made a list of like 25 people and booked um, you know, calls, quick calls, like 30 minute calls with them to kind of update them on, on what I was doing. I stood up a website so that, you know, at least people could have, you know, some place to, to go. And like, if, if, cause if they knew of someone who might be interested, they could direct them, you know, to a website. Um, and that just kind of got things going. And then the more energy that I put into it, um, and, and the more, that I would um, get support, um, I would get a referral, even if it didn't end up, you know, becoming a paid consulting opportunity. Um, people were thinking about me, people were referring, um, you know, they they were supporting what I was doing. And so then I was able to just kind of take that and, and build on it. I love it. What a great story. And, you know, the the that when you said that procrast or the, the that those voices in your head aren't always voices, they that gremlin that sort of stops you from moving forward, it's sometimes a voice, but it's some it takes other forms. Like 
procrastination or getting stalled on something. Like I remember when you and I were chatting uh, one day, just kind of on your progress, you're like, well, I'm going to redo my website. And I'm like, okay, hold on a second. Let me see your website. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to put it on this new platform. And like, we had this conversation, like Karen, just keep moving forward, like minimal viable product, minimal viable product, yeah. get it out there. And so you chose not to redo your website and instead continue to focus on building your network, getting the, the message out there. I love that. You, you also said you had like one foot in the full-time VP role and one full-time or in, in the, the, the entrepreneurship. And you were scared to share that this consulting business, you were trying to stand up just in case somebody heard. And then they were like, oh, she, she wouldn't be interested in a full-time role. I think we all go through that when we first start our entrepreneurial venture. Um, I know personally myself, I've done that as well. Um, but eventually your word, the word just gets out. And I love that approach of, you know, taking how I would approach talking to a company about my, my, my skills, but more from a position perspective. Now you're still talking to those companies, but from a, here's what I can offer you. And we all know that your dream job is made, not found. And you definitely, um, I'm just super proud of you over the past year. I've seen your growth and your, your confidence is back. And, and I know you're being, you know, you're, you're getting these clients and you're successful and it, it's just amazing. And I, I just want to thank you so much for, you know, sharing that vulnerability with us because, you know, I, I know you struggled with uh, imposter syndrome quite a bit uh, when I, we first met. So is there anything else you want to share, Karen, from an imposter syndrome perspective, entrepreneurship, anything that you want, uh, maybe the, our listeners should, maybe the top two things that they should be thinking about if they're also thinking about dipping their toe into the entrepreneurship realm? Um, yeah, you know, for me, it was really, um, it was really two, two things. Um, I think it was, um, you know, focusing on consistency rather than perfection. So, you know, the small, the, you know, the, the small bites trying, um, you know, trying to kind of baby steps as opposed to, you know, sort of huge, huge leaps. Um, and so, you know, that was, that was, um, a big, a big thing for me. Um, and then, you know, making, trying to, to reaffirm with examples, um, to build that confidence. So looking for examples of where I had done something before, maybe not, you know, the perfect cookie cutter, but reminding myself and, and being able to kind of su support and reinforce myself that, I can do this. I have done this. Maybe not, you know, exactly, but it's transferable. And, you know, kind of that support from me, but then support from, you know, people like you and, and other people in my network. And to me, that was really, um, you know, that combination of, of proof points with some support and then just kind of those baby steps, um, I think, you know, it would have been, it would have been too scary for me to be able to say, okay, I'm like a hundred 
100% all in and there's no going back. And, you know, I needed to be able to, um, you know, reestablish that confidence that, okay, I could take the successes that I'd had from a corporate perspective um, and recreate those, you know, in an entrepreneurial perspective. Yeah, and you certainly have. Um, before we close, I know there's one story that we wanted to get into, and that is just recently you pushed past some fears. Um, so it just goes to show you your fears, even though you know you're in flow now with your entrepreneur role, um, your your company, your you know you're feeling great, you're building your confidence, and then whoops, something gets put in front of you, and you're <laughs> like, oh, I'm not so sure I've got the confidence yet, and you're like, ah. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so just recently, I uh, had the opportunity to propose um, for an you know a, someone who would be a new client. Um, on a pretty big piece of work. Um, and when, um, you know, when I understood what their needs and their requirements were, I was like, Oh, okay, I don't know. I don't know if that I could do this. Like this is this is big. Um, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't meet, you know, again, with 100% per perfection, I didn't meet, you know, exactly all of the criteria that they that they had, you know, said that they were looking for. So I decided, um, you know, I kind of went back to those examples of, well, okay, what, what have I done? What could I contribute? Where, you know, where can I add value? And then I took those baby steps. I first decided, I'm like, okay, you know what? They, cause they were looking for a proposal. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to write the proposal. Doesn't mean I have to submit it, but I'm going to put the effort in and I'm going to write this, the proposal. And if the proposal is good, I'll submit it. And if it's not, I don't have to submit it. And so then the more that I worked on putting together this proposal for them with those examples that I had come up with of, I can do this, I have done this, I can add value, it just sort of built on itself. And at the end, when the proposal was was ready to, to go, I'm like, damn, this is a good proposal. It's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and And I'm like, Okay, even if I'm ultimately, you know, not the, the, you know, the firm that they choose to go with, um, I'm like, well, no one would ever read this proposal and go, oh, my God, like, who does she think she is submitting this? She has no business submitting this proposal. Like, no one would, no one would read that. It was a solid, qualified proposal. So I hit send and submitted the proposal. So I don't know where it will take me, but yeah. you know, it was those two steps through that process, right? Re, re, reinforcing, I, I have done this, I can do this, and, and I can add real value. And, you know, sort of taking away the, the big scary, oh, okay, I'm going to submit the proposal. And rather, it was like, okay, just, just put something together and see you know, see what, where you land yeah. and you don't have to submit it. Right. That's right. So, so you were, yeah, <laughs> I love it. You know, you worry, you're less worried about the destination and more of just about the path and being on flow. And, yeah. and when you did that one thing, then the next thing, and, and that's where creative creativity flows, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I, I'm, and I'm I proud even, of you on that. I even, um, you know, you were, you were away, but I, even when I submitted the proposal, I even <laughs> messaged you just to say, like, okay, I don't know where this is going to go, but damn, it was a good proposal. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know. And I loved getting that message. It was awesome. So <laughs> yeah, I'm just proud of you. And, and, you know, even the fact that you did reach out initially when you got the proposal and you kind of were, were running it past me and then, you know, but I don't have this particular point. Ah, oh, as women, that's just what we're known for. We're yeah. known to like say, oh, I don't have all the requirements in this job description or all the requirements for what they're looking for in this proposal. So I, I just won't do it. I won't do Where, it. Where, you know, we know that men don't do that, right? So, so I think that for women, we need to just say, you know what, I've got at least 50% of this. I'm going to go for it. And and then you're going to probably surprise yourself on what the outcomes really are. And so when you did phone me and you said, I don't, but I don't have this piece of it. This is where the network came in. And I said, oh, but I think I know somebody that you yeah. could. And obviously they, they expect you to come with a bit of a team anyway. So then, you know, we, you, you got connected with a few other people. And, and then the next thing you know, things are starting to happen. And that, that was the power of your community as well reaching out, like you said, for, for the help and the support along the way, and then just, just being confident in your skills. Yeah. So Karen, thank you so much for joining today. I'm so happy that you did. And thank you for sharing your stories. I know that it's always hard to be a little bit vulnerable, um, but I'm sure there's going to be somebody out there listening going, you know what, if Karen did it, I'm doing it. And that's the whole purpose of, um, of this podcast. It's really helping people find the courage to continue on their life's path and finding freedom through their passions. So thank you. And I'm sure we're going to have you back. Oh, thanks, Lynette. It was, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to share my story. And I really appreciate the support that you've given me, um, you know, along the way with everything. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Karen. Okay, bye-bye.